The Chicago Bulls prepare to take the court against the Boston Celtics, their first game back after having over a week off. What are the keys to the games for the Chicago Bulls to find success against a team that's both top five in offense and defense? We're going to talk about that today. We're also going to look at a report from Darnell Mayberry from a unknown exec uh, and from in, with the interview in The Athletic. And we're going to talk about the Scottie Pippen, Luke Longley, and Horace Grant going out on tour. We're going to get to all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host, Terry Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today. And the Bulls take the court today against the Boston Celtics. And this game is going to be a doozy. For those that remember, the Chicago Bulls kind of really started turning their season around after a 27-point blowout loss to the Boston Celtics, which sent the Bulls on an 0-4 road trip. And then when you look at it, that was that was the last game as the Bulls went 5-19, and and then they immediately started to turn that season around. That was also the game where Zach Levine scored. Uh, he went 1-9 of and only scored 2 points. Uh, before go- leaving with a right foot injury that kind of sent him down there. And then also DeMar DeRozan had a quad strain in that game as well. But now, the Chicago Bulls, after you know having that and turning their season around, right, uh, going 21-15 and 15 since then, now uh, face a team in the Boston Celtics again that were really the last big embarrassment. Now, the Bulls have also had embarrassing losses to that, but one of the big embarrassments and kind of the turning point for the Chicago Bulls season. Now, who are they facing in the Boston Celtics? Well, the Boston Celtics are a top five offense in the league. They average 120 points per game. They also are 12th in field goal shooting, shooting the ball 48% overall from the field as a team, and they're sixth in three-point percentage as well, uh, shoot, uh, hitting the ball at a 38% clip. They're number one in three-point attempts per game also with 42.7. Those are all areas that the Chicago Bulls struggle at, right? This Bulls team defensively is going to need to be locked in. You cannot have a struggle night against the Boston Celtics defensively. You are going to have to be prepared for this offense. They are efficient. They take a lot of threes, um, and they hit the threes at a really good rate as well. And also, just to, to throw in a little bit more, they're, they're the number one rebounding team in the league, and they're the sixth team in turnovers, meaning they don't turn the ball over as, as uh, much at all. This is one of the most efficient offenses in the NBA as a whole, and the Chicago Bulls, Billy Donovan and this coaching staff is going to have this team is going to have to have this team ready if they're going to want to avoid an onslaught by the Boston Celtics. Now, make no mistake about it. The Boston Celtics will go on runs in this game. The important part of it is how the Bulls themselves counter out those runs. Can you go? Can you score yourself when the Boston Celtics are getting on their scoring runs? Can you make enough stops defensively to keep you in the game even after the Boston Celtics goes on runs? That's going to be a big thing for the Bulls tonight to see if they can do it against a team that's just Listen, this offense is no joke, and the defense is no slouch either, but we're going to get into that in a second. The Bulls are going to have to rebound the ball well, attack the defensive glass to keep uh, the Boston Celtics off the offensive boards because if they get second-chance points on top of the other efficiency that they play with, it's going to be an extremely long night for the Chicago Bulls. And you know, the, while the Bulls' defense has been a top, what, 10 defense in the league since, since the month of December, this is still an offense, and we've seen it. You know, the Bulls have given up a lot of rebounds, especially offensive rebounds. We give up a whole hell of a lot of offensive rebounds. And this Boston Celtics team has three players that are averaging over 20 points per game. 
Of course, you have Jason Tatum at 27 points per game, Jalen Brown with 22, and Kristaps Porzingis in a lot of ways rehabbing a lot of the, the thought process and, and the way that his career was viewed as far as being injury prone. He's averaging 20 points a game as well. And this is a team that they don't have a single player averaging double-digit rebounds. But as I said, they are the number one rebounding team in the league because they do just that. They rebound as a team. They have over five players that are averaging over six rebounds per game. And then when you throw in the two other ones that are averaging over five rebounds per game, this is a team that gets that attacks the glass just like just as that as a team. And so the Bulls are going to have to be on their P's and Q's rebounding the ball as well. This this is going to be one of the the biggest tests for the Bulls. Now, we know that the Bulls have a a really tough schedule here for the remaining part basically throughout March as well. How the Bulls are going to fight in this game is going to be a big part of that. But this is a game where I'm telling you, defensively the Bulls have to be together and especially in the pick and roll, right? You do not want to be caught slipping on switches or in pick and roll defense at all and of course we got Vooch, we got DeMarlin in there. They're going to absolutely be looking to attack those two players. With Torrey Craig being out, Patrick Williams also, who's been out for a while, don't be surprised if we see a lot of Vooch and Drum together in this game. I've gone over those stats before. The, that, that combination has only had one game where they have both a positive net rating and a positive plus minus, but this is going to be one of those games where you're going to have to take your chances with that, especially if it helps keep the Boston Celtics off the glass. It's, it's, it's probably the best case scenario. I don't know if he starts Drum with Vooch in this game, but don't be surprised if Vooch and Drum end up playing a lot of minutes in this game. And then who steps up, right? I had an episode yesterday talking about the role players that I want to see step up over the last 27. But in this game specifically, we're going to need Io to be on. We're going to need somebody to step up off the bench, whether that's Javon Carter actually shooting the threes well in this game, maybe a surprise performance from Dalen or Julian Phillips or even Terry Taylor. But we're going to need a performance off the bench as well because, as we know, we're a depleted team yet again. Our two, our two players that play power forward for us this season are both out, which means we're probably going to play small. Unless Billy Donovan does go that double center lineup or starts Terry Taylor. I don't know if that's going to happen. So defensively is where I'm really worried about the most for the Chicago Bulls in this game because the, the way that the Boston Stokes just come and the way that they attack the efficiency that they'll play with the offense, it's going to be a tough game for the Chicago Bulls. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a big test. Now, outside of that, the defensive side of the ball for the Boston Celtics, they're no slouch there either. They're a top five defense in the league. They allow 110 points per game. On offense, they score 120 points per game, which means they average a net rating of plus. Crazy, crazy. They also are number two in blocks. And as we know, this is a Bulls team that when, when other teams have shot blockers out there, they, they almost shy away from trying to attack the rim. If the Bulls don't, or can't you know, attack the rim and they aren't hitting their three-point shots effectively, it's going to be a long night for the Chicago Bulls. So this is, this is, a, this is a big game, man. I, I don't want to understate it. I don't want to overstate it at all. But this is an important game for the Chicago Bulls as they are trying. You got the, you got the Atlanta Hawks nipping at the Bulls' heels and only being uh, two games below the Bulls. You look at the teams above the Bulls, and you know those teams are four, three and four games above the team. The Orlando Magic are four games above the Chicago Bulls. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough road for the Bulls, especially when you're dealing with injuries. It just is going to be that for the Bulls to try to, you know, maybe move up the standings, but even just hold on to their playing position. It's going to be extremely tough, and you have to try to be formidable and sneak out some wins when you can and make no mistake about it. The Boston Celtics is the number one team in the Eastern Conference. They have one of the best records overall in the league. If you, if you get caught slipping against the Boston Celtics, it's going to be ugly. And this game does have the potential to absolutely turn ugly for the Chicago Bulls. I'm not going to be a homer and act like the Bulls just got to 
Like, like, yes, we've we've matched up well at times against the Boston Celtics. We absolutely have. Can't take away from that. But that's when the Bulls were at full strength. At full strength, they're not going to be today. And so you're going to need players to step up. You're going to need somebody to have a performance that's kind of unexpected. And the way that they are going to attack Kobe White on the defensive side of the ball, this is going to be yet another test to see how Kobe White adjusts to defenses keying in on him. And, hey, we'll end up seeing what happens with this one, man. I'm really excited for this game just because, of, of course, we haven't had Bulls basketball in quite a while. But even outside of that, to see how the coaching staff, how the players come in and prepare for this game and maybe fight and unlock some edge, it's going to be big important. And like I said, that performance off the bench, like I think Io's probably going to be moved into the starting lineup. Maybe it's going to probably be him and Caruso. Maybe the Bulls go small or they go that, that double big lineup. But either way, you're going to need a Drummond, an Io DeSumo, a Javon Carter, a Julian Phillips, a Dalen Terry. You're going to need two or three of those players to step up and play almost outside of their mind and to have a bigger impact than what they've averaged this season. Now, Drum has always had a big impact. He's not included in that. So very important game for the Chicago Bulls today. And I don't, listen, I'm not, you know, I haven't predicted, I don't predict wins and losses for the Bulls. I just, that hasn't been how I've done it since probably about, about three months into this show being a thing. But this is going to be a tough game for the Bulls. And I'm not going to predict a win or a loss, but I do want to predict, well, I hope that this team comes out and plays with some damn heart because if you don't, this Boston Celtics team, as good as their coach, as well as they execute, as good as they play on both sides of the ball, the Bulls definitely have the chance to get completely blown out in this game. And let's hope that we can avoid that. Now, with that said, Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic had a pretty interesting article in which he talked about being uh, or talking to a high-ranking uh, Chicago Bulls executive off the record. You guys know I always have kind of my, my thought process on these off-the-record NBA executive interviews and, and quotes and things like that. Always take those with a bit of a grain of salt because it's like, who's the executive? What are they? What are they? Uh, do they go and get the paper? They're the paper boy in the front office. Like, but with that said, this executive pointed to the fact that the Bull, the Bulls front office had a they punted is what the word is on the team having a pass from the fans on a rebuild. And basically, this article is going into the mindset of AK and if it's right about you know avoiding a rebuild and things like that. Now. You guys, if you guys have been following this show for a while and following me here, you know that I say a lot, and I've been saying that this front office is not going to go for a rebuild. I think they've set, shown that by their actions. I think they've shown that by their words. It's one of the few times experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boost. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Their, their actions match their words from Arturis Karnaschovin saying that this team isn't going to go full rebuild. Now, 
AK himself did come out and say, which it doesn't make it that shocking, that ownership, it did give them the green light to go full rebuild if they wanted to. AK decided not to do it. Instead, he decided to double down on competitiveness, and that's where this team sits now. Now, I have my own personal take on rebuilding. I think going full rebuild, as far as the sense of blowing it all up, it really just eliminates the expectations from fans. It doesn't really uh, change a lot as far as the trajectory of a team unless you do get lucky in drafting uh, well, right? That's the first thing. You have to draft well. I think a lot of people just look at, well, you get a higher a chance at a draft pick. Yeah, but you have to draft well. And, you know, this front office is still, it's still out on their ability to draft well. So, right, you have to draft well. Then on top of that, you have to get lucky, right? And this Bulls team has not been lucky. What the times where we were maybe a tanking team or just a bad team, we got three years of the number seven pick in a row, even despite the odds that we've had at times to have the number one pick or at least a top three pick. So the, you, you need some luck in it as well if you're going to go full rebuild, right? And those two things for the Chicago Bulls don't usually overlap a lot over our history. It just doesn't happen. And while, and I, and I would suggest everybody go and look at this article from Darnell Mayberry in The Athletic, but the fact that this front office, it's not the, to me, it's not just the fact of going full rebuild or blowing this roster completely up. But it's about moving off certain pieces, which is talked about in this roster as well. You risk now losing two pieces that you could have got something back in the trade deadline in DeMar DeRozan and Andre Drummond, who both go into unrestricted free agency this year. And while it's a calculated risk, right, those those three second round picks that reportedly the Philadelphia 76ers were willing to give or at least two, whatever it was, you know, while those are only second round picks. You can have success in the second round. You can use those second round picks to, to do other things, right? So it's about assets, right? And not, not to just say, well, are you going to get really a star with those second round picks? It's about accumulating the assets rather than, than letting a player walk for nothing. DeMar DeRozan talked very heavily about this before I have, right? That the Bulls are in a situation to where either DeMar is going to walk for nothing, they're going to overpay for DeMar DeRozan, or you're going to get lucky and get a signing trade, which you're probably not going to get any amazing pieces back in a signing trade, but it is a still an opportunity there for you to not lose a player for nothing, which the Bulls may be playing the odds on that for sure. But it's it's the combination of those things that the front office just seems to have the design who I do locked on Bulls with worded it like this. Or, or was it Big Dave? It was one of the two. I've been talking to both of them a lot. Worded it as like not wanting to let go of your toy. And that's what almost it is with AK with players that he brought to the team. It's almost like he has an unwillingness to let go of players that he's brought here. Now, the Bulls could maybe do something without maybe completely restructuring the roster with maybe finding a suitor for Lonzo Ball, right, in that contract. And I know a lot of Bulls fans are still holding out hope or even thinking that AK holds out hope. But the, the fact of the matter is, Lonzo Ball comes back, even if he a is able to play basketball, I don't see him being a huge impact player in that, in that first year. And he's probably not going to get an amazing contract uh, after that either. He's probably going to be lucky to get slightly over the vet minimum unless he just comes back and completely wows. This is just... Teams aren't going to take a whole hell of a lot of chance with high money on a player in Lonzo Ball that had a career-threatening injury. That just is what it is, and make no mistake about it, even if Lonzo Ball does come back, he's not out of the woods with that injury being completely career-threatening until he's back for two, maybe even three seasons to where you can feel safe in saying that. So you still have that. So that risk is there as well. But when you look at this front office and their inability to really, like I said before, right, it's the, it's the series of not making moves. And this team may be set up to once again be in a fourth year in a row where you are now returning with the same team just by the nature of you don't have a lot of salary cap space. You have very little room under the luxury tax to replace a lot of these players. And you may the AK may end up holding on to these guys just by nature of not losing them for nothing, which puts you in a whole different scenario on top of that. 
So where this front office and the failings of this front office is that they have not been able to sustain the early success that this team had up until February after DeMar DeRozan and Alonzo Ball and Alex Caruso came here, right? So it, it's, it's again, just because you have the green light to go full rebuild, that doesn't mean that you blow it all up. That means that you do have the, the green light, theoretically, to maybe take that short-term step back to take a longer-term step forward. And that's the thing that I personally always look at this front office and hold against it is that they are terrified to take that momentary step back to take maybe a better step forward in the long term, whether that means developing your gun guys, playing them a lot, a lot more rather than relying on your vets, whether that means having a season of letting DeMar go, letting Andre Drummond go, you play Sonogo, you play Batim, you play Drell, and then maybe you get to hold on to your own first-round pick in 2025 that's top 10 protected to the Spurs. There's a lot of different scenarios in which, without completely blowing it all up, you can still have a considerable retool to this roster, but it seems like AK's even reluctant to do that and sells the front office, the fans, on competitiveness. And that's the part that it, 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 it makes you concerned over where this team's ceiling really is ever going to be. How, how much is this team going to really be able to build a sustainable winning product if you are just constantly punting? And that's where this front office has been for the last handful of years in a row. It's been a series after series after series of punts. And where does that leave you? Not putting any real points on the board, meaning some real progression. And we'll see, man. Maybe this offseason changes some things. Maybe, you know, seeing Torrey Craig and Patrick Williams go down and maybe if this team does avoid the play-in, can you really sell us on competitiveness if you if you do miss the play-in? I don't hope that the team misses the play-in. I want to see this team have a chance at some postseason play. But at the same time, maybe it's the wake-up call that this front office is needed amongst a lot of wake-up calls. The Zach Levine being moved could be another one that forces some change. Mark Eversley possibly leaving for Charlotte could be another thing that forces some change with this team and at least a new set of eyes on it. But those things aren't guaranteed. So, you know, we'll end up seeing, man. It's really disappointing when you kind of hear things like this and the, the, and you kind of just go over it, just how little movement we've really had out of it. We've gotten worse every single year since the first year that this team has got, gotten together. And that's concerning, definitely concerning. Now, with that said, the last topic that I want to talk to you guys about before we leave is <laughs> Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, and Luke Longley going on the No Bull, Bull Tour. And I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from this there, and then we'll talk about it after that. Well, as you know me, I speak my mind. Yes, you do. <laughs> and it's going to be a No Bull Tour. <laughs> Believe me, I, I tell you this. The X factor in the first three and the second three, I would have kicked Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Come out and uh, get the tickets and uh, you hear a lot. Horace Grant doing most of the talking there. Um, here's the thing. Like, they talked about the documentary and the fact that there were some things left on the table. Scottie Pippen, direct quote from him, previously said this. They glorified Michael Jordan while not giving nearly enough praise to me and my proud teammates. Michael deserved a large part portion of the blame. The producers had granted him editorial control of the final product. The doc couldn't have been released otherwise. He was the leading man and the director. And I, listen, I can't knock Scottie Pippen for having that. And so if this, these players do want to go on tour, which they are, they have three dates all in Australia. No U.S. dates scheduled yet. But, you know, if it's successful over there, you never know the possibilities. But with that tour happening and the fact that they are saying and, and claiming to have it no BS, they're going to talk and, and give their true feelings on that documentary, not necessarily saying they're going to bash MJ, but they're going to give their true feelings on that documentary and some of the things that did not come to light or the, the wrong light were shined upon. 
I mean, it, it's it's the never ending story of Scottie Pippen being Scottie Pippen. Like, this is Scottie Pippen's villain era. And that just is what it is, right? And, you know, not everybody looks at him as a villain. Every villain isn't the straightforward villain, right? But, you know, he has legitimate gripes, and I can't take away from that. But going on tour, this is something I didn't expect, and this is not something you necessarily see in the in the basketball world. This is like, like, like they're basically going on a, pod, a live podcast tour, and in a lot of ways it's kind of what it is, and we'll see what comes out of it. I think it's just interesting that, you know, the last dance was, at this point, was four years ago was the last dance, which... That's crazy to think that that much time has passed since that documentary came out. But four years ago, it's passed that, and Scotty has been sitting. He's been stewing. Uh, uh, Marcus Jordan's been stewing and his wife. But, um, you, you know, with that said, and so, like, it, it doesn't surprise me in a sense. But at the same time, it's like, is this really what it came to? Is this really what it came to after the Ring of Honor? This is, what it, this is where we're at now? I mean, it is what it is when it comes down to it. And uh, we'll see what comes of it. Like I said, if they do come stateside, if it's close enough to me, I will be going to one of these events just to see what's said. And I'm sure we'll get clips and things to come out as it goes on. But let me know what you guys think down below. Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Luke Longley going on the no BS tour, the no bullshit tour, uh, as, as Horace Grant called it. What do you guys think of that? Do you think this is a good look? Do you think it's a bad look? Do you think at all? Does it tarnish the legacy? I don't think that it can't. You can't tarnish the legacy of the Chicago Bulls, just in my opinion. But let me know what you guys think and sound off on that, as always, down below. But that's my time for today, guys. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bull Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullcentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See right if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.